This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. It is a beautiful, very hot and sunny day right here in the UAE. And we're going to be telling you today what to expect from Google I.O. 2021. Yes, indeed. This event has lots and lots to offer for all those who are in love with Google's products. And we're going to be sharing with you the latest updates from that. Coming up on the show, though, there's a very interesting accident that took place with a self-driving taxi. It was blocking officials and it was actually blocking traffic. How did that accident end up? And will we trust self-driving cars after this accident? You got to stay tuned to find out all about it. Yes, and and for our Tech This Out segment, we're talking about a paralyzed man and how he is using his thoughts to send text messages. Who who would have thought that your (laughs) thoughts could send text messages and you can use it all with your brain? Yes, indeed. Coming up on the show, lots is happening in the world of apps because we're going to be talking about Twitter making searching for DMs a much easier task, especially on Android devices. Have you got this feature yet? And when can you expect it? All this and more is going to be coming up in just a few moments. Yes, and we're also talking about how a student has designed a third eye so you can walk and text at the (laughs) same time. Now, uh, I don't think that's the best thing to do. (laughs) But uh, again, we've seen a lot of people text and drive. I hope you guys aren't texting and driving because I'm about to ask you guys to text us in at 4215. Which story are you excited for the most? And we're going to be taking a short break, but when we come back, we're giving you all the news to what to expect from Google I.O. 2021. Pulse 95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Your quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world, in the UAE and around the world. And we're talking all about Google's Big Developer Conference. It was actually canceled last year due to the COVID-19 pandemic, but it is returning stronger than ever on the 18th of May, which is actually tomorrow from 1 p.m. Eastern time. And we are going to be telling you all about the latest news on what Google products will be launched, what updates should you expect, especially if you own a Google device. Yes, indeed. Now, we do know that Google does often use its I.O. keynotes to actually detail its next major version of Android. And for those of you who don't know, Android is actually managed and owned by Google. Mm -hmm. And we are expecting the same for this year's release, which will be Android 12. Now, Google has already released a few developer previews of Android 12, which will have mostly brought a lot of small tweaks and developer-focused features. But... At I.O., Google will likely reveal some of Android's 12 biggest user-facing features, including some significant UI changes, which is user interface changes that are rumored to be in the works, just like stacked widgets and a new lock screen with larger (laughs) clock text. Now, uh, I'm kind of surprised that they're starting with widgets Mm. because we do know for the longest time, uh, Android was always customizable with their widgets and home screen and actually gave it to the user to do what they want to do when it came to customization. But kind of having a default now and giving that larger clock text and with the stacked widgets, it's kind of raises the question, are they again trying to compete with Apple? They definitely are. And when we look at what widgets are they actually going to be launching, a lot of them are very similar to what we would see on Apple. So there are widgets that have that huge clock on the user's lock screen. You have a better battery saver toggle, which is, again, 
Another feature that I think they're getting from Apple with the whole battery saving mode. There's also going to be a small weather widget, a new media widget, different connectivity toggles, and a redesigned brightness slider. So lots of different tweaks to make sure that every Android user can go ahead and make the phone really feel like they're, it's every person's own, very personalized. Now, Android 12 does seem to be a very big upgrade, and Google will be sharing a whole lot about it tomorrow in their events. Now, a lot of Google services will be getting some spotlight in tomorrow's event as well. So we're expecting the Google I.O. to go ahead and announce things like Google Maps incognito mode. That's going to be an interesting one. Different Google Assistant voices, which is, again, a feature that I feel is copied from Siri since Apple just released new voices for Siri with its latest updates, as well as the feature where you can go ahead and ask Google Assistant to call a hair salon to book an appointment. So Google Assistant is also going to be basically like your own personal assistant, not just giving you people's phone numbers. Yes, and maybe we're talking about how Google will also announce the Pixel Buds AE series for real this time. Now, we already do know that the company is working on a new model of its Pixel Buds True Wireless Headphones, which is thanks in large to a part of a couple of huge leaks from Google itself, and perhaps they'll make their debut once again during the I.O. Now, here's the timeline of what has been revealed so far. Now, back in March, two devices that seem very likely to be new buds did appear in the Federal Communications Commission filings, which is a sign that can indicate that a product will go on sale sometime soon. Now, back in April, also, Google did also include an image of an unreleased pair of olive green Pixel Buds in an email. Now, it seems with the olive green, again... It's a trend. It's a tr the Google is trying to actually have a, 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 a an exclusive color mm. to kind of uh, reel consumers in just how Apple had the exclusive color with their blue yep. and their olive green back in, uh, tw I think it was with the iPhone 11. Yes. And uh, earlier this month, Google also did tweet an announcement for the Pixel Buds A series from the Android Twitter account before quickly removing that post. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at a blueprint of what Apple has actually made, actually kind of uh, releasing or giving their own rumors, kind of, uh, you know, uh, saying, hey, look at this, right? Mm -hmm. Without actually saying, hey, look at th look at this, kind of uh, doing some leaks of their own to get the... To get Enticing people, yes, yeah. To get consumers to kind of... Uh, Get on the hook just like a fish would. <laughs> and that's what we're seeing because, again, we have so many leaks and rumors from Android, which is actually not in the norms from Android. Usually we would have them from Apple. Yeah, and we do know that Google does tend to have a reputation for being unable to keep its biggest product a secret. There are always... Uh, initial news about a product being released from Google, which is not the same with Apple. Apple will keep things quiet as much as possible, but you never know. Tomorrow's event may just bring us some totally new, surprising products that we will be sharing with you as soon as they hit the news. Coming up on the show, we're talking all about an accident that took place with a self-driving car as it went rogue. It blocked traffic, it evaded officials. What's that all about? Keep Pulse 95 locked to find out all about it. You're listening to Pulse 95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. We're talking about how a self-driving taxi has went rogue and it went in a block traffic and even evaded officials as a YouTuber has captured it on video 
from the back seat <laughs> of that car. Now, a self-driving car actually went rogue in Arizona, stalling, then even speeding off before assistance could even arrive. And a YouTuber did catch the nearly 20-minute episode on a video from the back seat of that car. Now, a Waymo self-driving taxi did go rogue this week, and it was even blocking traffic and evading roadside assistance. And the YouTuber, who goes by the name of Joel Johnson, calls himself JJ Rick Studios, captured the incident on camera from that back seat. Never have I been more grateful that we had a YouTuber in the back seat of this self-driving car to kind of put things on on tape, make th- make sure things are recorded, especially the faults of self-driving cars. Now, Waymo was actually testing out its autonomous vehicles in the Phoenix Phoenix area back in 2017 up until today, and the YouTuber has been recording every Waymo ride that he takes for over two years. The company typically would offer like an Uber service, like a ride-hailing service with a safety driver on board, as well as rides without human backup in a 50-square-mile service area. So we're looking at self-driving cars that are very advanced in that area since people can opt for the option of not having that backup driver. This YouTuber got into that self-driving taxi. 12 minutes into the ride, the car was attempting to turn into a lane that had been blocked off with construction cones. Which is, yet again, another concern of mine. You know, there was like a mini construction cone. It was not probably updated on its Google Maps or whatever app it uses. Mid-turn, it stopped and the rider called an online tech for help. The online tech went ahead and instructed the YouTuber to stay inside the car, keep his seatbelt on, and the ca- just in case the car would start up again and... He tried to call uh, roadside assistance or she tried to call uh, roadside assistance for the car. She tried to explain that the self-driving zone was not being updated. And before the roadside assistance could even get there, the car sped off only to stop in the middle of the road, forcing every car behind it to go into incoming traffic just to be able to pass that vehicle. Now, the situation did actually cause several beeps as well as a visit from a nearby construction worker. But the vehicle was unable to move until roadside assistant did arrive. Now, the car did attempt to drive away two more times after that before roadside assistance did catch up with the vehicle and put the car in manual driving mode. Now, the online tech did apologize for that inconvenience and did waive charges for the ride. Now, the video also did show the car performing several unprotected turns, which is a practice that can be dangerous for self-driving cars as it does require the computer to gauge oncoming traffic and pedestrians crossing the road on its own without a green arrow to actually guide it. Now, again, this is just why uh, we're not actually ready for self-driving cars (laughs) yet. We're not ready for fully autonomous cars without human interaction to kind of override if things go south. Now, if this YouTuber could, which I believe she couldn't, she could have jumped in the front seat, mm. hit the brakes. But I don't think there's any uh, uh, any brakes or any gas. It's just a car that goes on its own. That's what I would believe because uh, if not, obviously, they could have uh, remotely turned off the automatic uh, a- a- autonomous driving yeah. and let her jump in the front seat. But obviously, that wasn't the case. I think they were just worried on her own safety. So they kept telling her, you know, keep your seatbelt on. Don't move. We'll fix it. We'll figure it out. But sadly, they couldn't. Uh, When we're looking at what the company had to say about the self-driving car, we would see that they tried to 
explained their situation. They said that sometimes these cars can go ahead and kind of freeze, and this is why they always have roadside assistance to complete this trip. Let us know your thoughts. After this story, I don't think I'd ever trust a self-driving car on the road. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, let us know Let us know your guys' thoughts. 4215-Dorotslot or on Instagram at Pulse95Radio. After hearing this, would you trust a self-driving car? Honey, can you imagine how amazing would it be if you could text by just thinking about something, not no. having to type? Why? Because <laughs> I think some weird stuff sometimes. <laughs> be like, Im- imagine this, right? Yeah. Someone texts me, hey, what are you doing today? And you're thinking about burgers. And I'm thinking about, <laughs> man, I really don't want to see this person, man. Oh my gosh. I don't want, I don't want to meet anyone today. Oh, nothing. I got a couple of errands to do, but that's what I would type. But my brain would have already said or sent the text message <laughs> saying, hey, I don't want to see you today. Now, when you put it this way, I'm concerned. I w- I That's was... like someone reading your mind. Oh, yes. Just imagine you can no longer avoid people. Someone, People are actually reading your mind and you're doing it willingly, sending out those text messages. But, but yeah. You but, know, who is it coming handy for? Yes. Paralyzed people, because there is a paralyzed man that was able to use this technology to send his thoughts through text messages. And he was actually able to text at a rate of 90 characters per minute. Imagine this 90 letters per minute. He's completely paralyzed, and he was able to do that with a very, very tiny chip that was allowing him to convert every speech into text not even speech it's thought into Mm -hmm. text (laughs) yeah now the system was engineered by BrainGate, which will allow people with severe speech and motor impairments to communicate by text email or other forms of writing now signals in the brain produced by thoughts and linked to handwriting were translated into text in real time which do let a paralyzed man text 16 words per minute Now, they do use uh, brain implants Mm -hmm. and machine learning algorithms. Now, the system does decode brain signals, which are linked to handwriting, and does insert the paralyzed man into the digital reality of modern communications. Now, this feels like something from the Matrix, you know? They're inserting someone into a digital world. Literally, all you have to do, the implant. And now, if you're familiar with the Matrix, you kind of, uh, they kind of hook you up to a machine and you're in the (laughs) Matrix, you know? That's what I fe- that's what I I felt or I I imagined when I first read this story. So uh, it's kind of crazy how we had Elon Musk kind of start this uh, mm-hmm. this this Neuralink type of uh, technology, and now again we're seeing it how it is benefiting people with impairments. And I do believe anything that has to do with putting chips into a brain is for the greater good for people who have speech impairments, who are disabled, and who are even paralyzed. Absolutely. You know, people tend to worry about it because they think one day it's going to be used to control us. And there will always be that fear and that threat. But in the bigger picture, look at the opportunities you're giving to people of determination. And this is not just some form of tech that was created by a crazy scientist somewhere. No, it was studied by a neurosurgeon at Stanford University. He was supervising the development of this chip as well as its installment in this person's brain. Now, they were actually testing uh, this chip on monkeys before testing it out on a human. And a monkey was able to text 12, 12 words per minute. So when they went ahead and tried it out on a human being, 
that rate increase to 16 words per minute. So I, I, I think uh, we just kind of uh, overseen something crazy. I know. We are witnessing. What? Uh, overseen. I thought yeah. we were witnessing something. No, crazy. we overseen something crazy. A what? monkey was texting <laughs> and producing words. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just moved on. Like I said yeah, it let, so casually. Let, let, let's kind of recap for a second. You're telling me a monkey. <laughs> now, this just is playing of the apes right now. A monkey is saying, give me a banana. Right? Like, imagine it's 4 a.m. You get a text message. You're about to pray for your prayer. Monkey, monkey number one. Hey, boss, when are you going to get me my banana? I'm hungry. Right? Imagine that. So, I mean... We're looking at this technology even being... Now, for those who don't know, actually, mm. a lot of monkeys are trained to communicate using yes. si- sign language, mm-hmm. right? And sign language is basically... Uh, th- it plays on yeah. the brainwave signals. And it, I think you can even... Uh, I think when, when... I don't know sign language that much, yeah. so do correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, you kind of uh, sign words and letters. So they have been taught to use that sign language in actual text. Can you imagine if we could use this on babies as well? You know, they think thoughts as well, but we just never understand yeah. what they are. I do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a mother would know if they're hungry, if they need yeah. their diaper changed, what it is that they need at any mo- moment or time. But let us know your thoughts. We want to hear from all of you. If you had a chance to have a brain implant that could basically translate your thoughts into texts, would you take it or not? No. <laughs> You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Apps all around. What's worth a click and download? Pulse 95. We got a lot of updates coming from Twitter in the past couple of months. For some reason, Twitter is upping their game for the longest time. Twitter hasn't actually been changing anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they go by the, the, the motto, if it's not broken, don't, <laughs> don't fix it. it. But now I think they're like, hey, listen, we got to catch up with everyone else. We've seen the introduction of fleets. We've seen the introduction of uh, spaces, Twitter spaces. And we've seen the introduction of increasing the character count on tweets. But now we're looking at how Twitter is going to make searching DMs a lot easier and is introducing that feature for Android users. Yes, indeed. This feature was actually an oldie for every iOS users. They've been able to search through their DMs for a couple years now, but sadly, Android users did not get that feature until today because now you can go ahead and look up all your receipts. old conversations you can simply check if you've said something if someone has said something very quickly without having to scroll down through all of your dms to find that particular chat that you're looking for on whatsapp i use this feature way too often especially if like let's say there is something in specific that you're looking for directions of a location um i don't know a recipe uh, the name of someone yeah. or something, you can simply search up that word, that keyword on the search button. And the same is now true with Twitter. So they're expanding that option to allow Android users to also be able to search for specific words or specific content that they have shared in their DMs without having to scroll down too far. Yes, now that new feature for the Android app was announced through a tweet by Twitter support. Now, Twitter did introduce this feature for, for iOS users all the way back in 2019, because I've, ha- I've had this feature for yeah. the longest time. It does seem like Twitter hasn't been prioritizing <laughs> Android users, and I don't blame them. <laughs> but uh, the DM search feature does currently allow users to look for conversations by searching for the users they talked or even to a group 
that the user is a part of. Now the social media platform will later add to this feature by letting users search for content that they've shared in DMs through that search bar. Now, recently, Twitter did report uh, actually a new font family mm. that will also roll out to its web versions in the near future. So we're looking at Twitter trying to up their game, trying to make it more attractive, trying to give users more flexibility, customizability, and just more accessibility when it does come to the Twitter app. Because as a long user of Twitter, as someone who has been on Twitter since 10 years, <laughs> uh, you don't really have a lot of uh, movement in Twitter. You don't have a lot of freedom. Tweet, post picture, salam alaikum, wa alaikum salam. It's very plain and simple, very straight and direct. So to see Twitter trying to up their game, trying to uh, to make it more attractive to the yeah. consumer or to the user is really good because there was a time where Twitter was slowly dying. Mm, now they're trying to make it more of a... As you would like to say, uh, it's a little bit of everything. It's a wholesome application. They've taken snippets of Instagram by allowing a much clearer uh, picture viewing on Twitter. So they removed the whole cropping the picture. They've taken a bit of WhatsApp through this new feature of being able to search on DM. A little bit of Clubhouse through the Twitter live spaces that they've uh, launched. And then a little bit of Snapchat and Instagram as well through their Twitter fleets. Let us know which is your favorite feature of Twitter yes. so far out of the new ones, not the old tweeting yeah. features, spaces, fleets, um, improved image picture. I want to ask you, honey, because I know you're a big fan of Twitter. Maybe uh, no crop. Okay. Which uh, I'm glad there's one because I know you don't like the other one. <laughs> Man, I mean, with all the new updates, maybe the, the increased character count. Okay. But hmm. Twitter users... It seems like when they ask, they don't get they don't get it given to them, and they actually have to uh, just accept whatever Twitter thinks is is acceptable to the Twitter community. Did you want the edit button? Uh, no, I don't want the edit button. No one should be able to edit their <laughs> tweets. Uh, but what I do want, and mm. a lot of Twitter users want, is voice notes in the DMs. Mm. Right now, fleets was horrible and is horrible. Now a lot of people use fleets. I yeah. use it every once in a while. But Fleets was horrible, you know, the inter the user interface was bad. So let's say, for example, you're going through your views and you want to see who viewed your fleet, mm. right? If let's say you're midway through that list and you click on a user and you go to that user's profile, just like Instagram, you would go and then you want to go back. If you go back, you start from the front, oh, from God. the top. You start from the top and then you have to go all the way down. So it makes using uh, fleets a little bit harder. Yeah. And it is a little bit glitchy. I was just going to say, it, you can't even smooth. upload everything. Yeah, like. it's not smooth. It's slow when you tap. I mean, you'd think that they would try to perfect it. Yes, right? especially they, after waiting so long. I mean, I don't even think Twitter users wanted it, right? But again... Well, I think that Twitter, obviously, they did some research and they thought that was deemable. But again, the choice is yours. 4215, or on Instagram, at Pulse95Radio. Let us know your guys' thoughts. Do you think making searching DMs easier will be more attractive to Twitter users, especially Android users? And do you think that Twitter is going through a spiral downfall <laughs> and... Would you like a sledgehammer? And would you like to <laughs> sledgehammer Jack Dorsey and tell him, give us the please voice notes and DMs. That went dark. This is Pulse 95. Check this out. Check 
this out. All 95. How many times do you come across people who bump into you by mistake because they're busy texting and walking? <laughs> Not texting and driving this time. It's texting and walking. And they run into people. They run into things. They run into couches because they're just too absorbed on their phone. People can argue the solution could be to stop texting and walking or to go ahead and grab yourself a third eye. Yes, you heard it right. It's a third eye and it's a gadget that was actually created by a student, an industrial design student who was phone obsessed and he wanted a solution to be able to use his phone, walk and text all at the same time. Now, this is crazy. Obviously, this is, this is the tech, uh, tech This Out segment where we do give you the craziest gadgets or whatever's <laughs> happening in the tech world. But this is dumb, right? <laughs> like, I mean, stop using your phone while you're walking. It can wait until you get to your destination, True. right? I mean, you actually have to wear this third eye. <laughs> now, the robotic prosthetic eye sits on top of the user's head to detect os- uh, obstacles while they're scrolling through TikTok, through Twitter, through whatever, uh, or whatever you're doing on your phone. Now, I just want you to know how dumb you would look walking down the mall, walking down the street, <laughs> doing whatever, and you have a prosthetic eye on your forehead. It's crazy. It reminds me of the prosthetic eye that was the webcam, that was shaped like a webcam, but this it, one... It's, it's dumb. <laughs> like, uh. I mean, I mean I, hats off to creating something so crazy. <laughs> now, obviously, it is, it is not easy to create this, but I think, I mean, it's being used for the wrong purposes. Now, when the wearer's head is actually tilted down, the third eye does automatically open and slid. So listen to this, it's right? It's closed. It's closed while you're like you're 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 walking yeah. and your head is up, it's closed. You walk, you put your head down, it it, it, it the, the lid opens up, the eye opens up. So it's gonna it can you be your eye as you nasty scroll. that is? <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty disturbing. It's a prosthetic eye, like, it's not em- real. Imagine <laughs> Imagine I'm talking to you, I have my head down, yeah. but my eye is looking, looking at you. At me. All right, and it does give off a warning buzz, and it does allow the virtual obsessed to stay online even when hazards offline could interrupt them. So when your eyes are glued to the screen, that third eye is looking at the at the road or whatever it is that you're walking through. It's great for people who are really phone obsessed. You'd be surprised by how many people can't put their phone down. When they're crossing the street, their eyes are on their phone. When they're talking to people, their eyes are on their phone. So. These, uh, I, I just know. want you to look at the picture of me. Yeah, I know. It just, is creepy. Just look at the picture. It's really creepy. Right? It's not even. You have wires on top yeah, of your head. There's no aesthetic skin, prosthetic skin. So it's not even, it doesn't look like a. I mean, it's not like if it looks like a real eye, it would be any less creepy. It's, it's uh, just, I don't know. Look, and we're looking, we're looking at how this is never going to be the new norm listen i don't care i'm never ever 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 putting this on my head Mm. and walk i'd rather put my phone in my pocket and actually look about what's going around me while i'm walking now there was also pointing out how smartphones are affecting our actual bodies as well and by using smartphones a lot of people have complained of bad posture and I want you for a second, Omnia, yeah. to take out your pinky. My pinky? Your pinky finger. Go like this. Okay. Right? And now go like this. Okay. There is an, there's a, be- your finger is a little bit bent. Which finger do you use the most? 
Oh, yes. It, oh, it my is God. Bent. This one. Yes, it is bent my because left, the way yeah. you... Yeah, when you hold your phone like this. Everyone needs to try this out. Yeah, if so you're driving, you're, don't like do this. it. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, you so know, it, I've seen people who've had our very own uh, music producer, her... I think her her Thumb, one of her finger index her finger. ring finger because yeah. she holds the phone you yes. know in in a weird way <laughs> her she has an indent on it that's like yeah. done I never thought you'd get the same on your pinky no and a lot of people have complained about neck problems mm-hmm. as well you know people they call this generation uh, people with turtle neck syndrome mm. and this is the reason why the student actually decided to create this gadget he's not imagining people walking around with a third eye on their head but he's trying to, d- to draw attention to the idea of how much time do people spend on their phones that mm. they mm. are developing actual syndromes mm. actual diseases with their necks their necks are never going to be the same because of how much time mm. they spend looking down with their neck at a certain angle that their vertebrae just it, yeah. it gets deformed for life Now again, uh, I think uh, I, I I I'm not gonna be a hypocrite. I spend a lot of time on my Same. phone, right? I'm not I'm not gonna say, but I do know how to differentiate between online time and offline time. And again, I just feel like we are kind of uh, adapting in a way uh, with social media and with uh, our electronics and gadgets. But again, I think the designer. Uh, I, I, I maybe, he had a message behind yeah, it. Yeah, he had a message. I bashed him a little bit too hard because, again, it's a, it, the message was clear that we spend too much time on our phones that we need to have a third eye. So, I mean, it's just crazy. It's crazy. And I like how it gave all of us a chance to think, to yeah. think about how much time do we spend on our phones. We see our screen time notifications pop up day in and day out, and we keep swiping, we keep scrolling, and... It's time for us to take a step back to look at how much time do we spend on our phones and how much quality time do we spend with our loved ones. So it's a th- it's food for thought for today. Maybe take a chance to put your phone down and really have a full conversation with those whom you love. If you're sitting at that dinner table, having lunch or dinner with your friends and loved ones, make sure you're having an actual communication with them, not peeking at your phone every now and then just to check if yeah. you got a DM or if a message or an email from work it could wait yeah and uh, again a lot of people have been having back humps yeah. you know they have bad posture from uh, sitting on a chair for too long and I and love the smartphone finger thing you just taught me yeah. I'll keep looking at my finger yeah so uh, again uh, people have bad posture when they use uh, their computers too much because they slant down like, yeah. they go like that right and uh, I actually had that problem when I was a kid until my dad uh, did something to me and he taught me the correct way. Really? Yeah, every time I... W- so I used to be very... Uh, I used to play games a lot on my laptop, on my yeah. computer. And you're hunched And over. I started to... Yeah, I hunch over. And then after that, every time I would walk and I would be, have a little bit of a hunch, mm. my dad would slap my neck. Oh, so you always would Yeah, so I, that's why now I always walk like this because <laughs> I'm just used to it. I heard something from uh, a friend one time. Whenever you're sitting down or even walking, always imagine like you have a s- stack of plates on your head and you don't want them to fall over. So that would kind of force you to yeah. walk with your shoulders 
to the back. Let us know how much time do you spend on your phone on a day-to-day basis. Let's be honest. Text us in at 4215. Do it to But keep Pulse 95 locked because coming up is the only place to be at 3, the halftime show with Ahmed Duri. He has a packed show in store for all of you. I think his show is going to be reflecting on Ramadan or he had a couple of shows reflecting on Ramadan, difference between weight loss and fat loss, anything related to mental health, physical fitness, or the world of sports, you can find it on his show in just a few moments. Yes, we'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place, only here on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.